I'm I'm never moving again. No, of course not. That's this what everyone it. says. Yeah, this is it. This is <laughs> this is where I live from from henceforth and forevermore. This is our home, and we will never leave this place. Uh, what if you won the lottery? Would you buy another house? No, no, no. <laughs> just live there forever. And it's not even that. This is like the perfect dream home. It's just that I don't want to deal with moving ever again. Because God, wow, right. I think all, all of your, uh, according to everything you sent me, the, the majority of what you moved was just uh, guitars. <laughs> yeah. And we're still not done by the way. We've been moving and setting up this new house all week. It's been five days. I've been working on this room for five days, man. And it's not done, but it's because we've had other stuff to do. Right. But yeah, I, I feel my life is turned upside down. I can't work. I can't do anything until the space is done and I want to be done. Oh man. Well, I, I, I feel you, uh, in a, in a different way, but I totally feel you. So yeah, you're getting ready as soon. What's funny is like, as soon as I'm done moving now, it's your turn. Yeah. But the lucky, the thing about me, I'm lucky in that, uh, I don't have to take that much stuff because mm. I'm just going to get on the internet and buy a bunch of workbenches and they're going to get loaded on a, a, a big rig truck and, driven to the new spot and then i'll just take a pallet jack and put them where they got to go and and then i have to build a bunch of things which i yep hate i hate building tables and shelves and stuff i hate it yeah i just built this desk that i'm using and it took me now it's a big desk there's a lot going on here there's a desk and a sidecar and a corner piece and everything but it took me five and a half hours to do the other day man yeah i I have to go get rubber mallets for all my stuff, which is like, I don't, I hate, I just hate doing, have you ever built a shelf with a rubber mallet? Uh, no, but I could, I could see it being useful. Boom. A persuader. Boom. Uh, it's, it's, I, don't, I just don't want to do it. So <laughs> wait, is this the episode? Are we going? Are we, I think we're going. Okay. Is this an episode? What are we on? 30 something? 38. Welcome everyone. Dipped in tone 38. We missed, this is the first week we missed. In yes. 30 seven episodes we've been going for you had a 37 episode streak so now we need that thing that like they have in factories days without an accident <laughs> the counter goes to zero <laughs> we need that for weeks missed i wanted one of those for um uh days without incident but for gibson when we initially yeah. started doing this <laughs> but, oh uh, my god that's great you know <laughs> ah, do it do it i think it'd be fun we could put it in the back we'll just have a little count we should get a board made which is multiple counters so days without gibson um having a pr nightmare mm-hmm. days without or weeks without dipped in tone what else and then be? minutes without you mentioning carter and me <laughs> um saying uh shout out <laughs> Oh, DJ Funk says weeks without an intro. That would be that would be a good oh one. weeks without an intro. Yeah, we're still going that that week is uh, that streak is still going strong. Shout out to the, the uh, Dipped in Hope Patreon chat. Yes, this morning hanging out. Um, I like this. I've got a little battle station set up. So by the time this episode comes out, I'll have my video out on my channel of the new home studio setup. So you guys will see what I'm working with. But to the people in the chat, I'm not fully set up. This is this is the first official thing I'm doing in this room. This episode right now. It's the I'm first thing I'm recording. Honored. It is it is a genuine jollyment to be in here. It's still a little live. We my dad came over last night and he helped me. I'll I'll turn the camera over. We've we started hanging some acoustic paneling. Okay. Mm. Uh but it is still a little kind of little little live in here. I want to dry it up a little bit, but yeah. 
This room's going to be a work in progress for a while. Are you going to have like the hanging things from the ceiling and a cloud? Yeah. Um, eventually I will do a cloud. The nice thing about this room is the ceiling is pitched. Oh, uh, oh Hey, you see that? I, I, Hey, Hey, Hey man, guess who did that? Guess who did that? You did. Wait, I did that. I did it. That's a callback. Everybody. I hope you saw the last episode. Yep. Well, whenever we talked about it, well, I don't remember when that was. And also hung two more. I'm so, so proud of you. And it wasn't that bad. Was it? It really wasn't that bad. No. No. Once you do the first one, you get the first. It's really intimidating at first when you pull the thing out of the ceiling. There's just wires hanging there. And you're like, yeah. oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, but it was pretty easy. So anyway, we got we to tighten the space up a little bit, dry it out, um, bring some more furniture in. But right. I'm really excited, man. Man, I've been stressing over how I'm going to lay out my uh, new office. Like the, the workspace. Uh, so for the uninitiated, I'm moving into Novo's new space. They're expanding. And I'm getting room with uh, rooms in the new spot with them, but um, like the workshop is just a big white room. Fine, you know, doesn't really matter. But I want my office to be cool, right? You know, because a, I, it, if it's a nice spot, you it's easier to work in. I think you know, if it's like yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah. But if people come over, I want to I want them to be like, oh yeah, this is this is all right, and not like yeah. Ugh, this is just like a white room with some crappy Ikea furniture. I don't want that. So honestly, I think I'm going to get the same desk that you have or, or maybe, really the, maybe the smaller one. I'm not sure. Well, it's the, so it's modular. So it would be the same desk. You just wouldn't add the sidecar. Well, they, I would they make add, a smaller one too. No, I would get this one. This is a good size. Yeah. And then I would also add the corner piece onto it, but you'll see you, everyone watching, just watch my video and you'll know what I'm talking about. But it, it's a nice wide space. And it's awesome. DJ Funk, any reflection issues with the angled ceiling? Actually, the angled ceiling really helps because uh, we treated angle of first reflection on either side of my listening space here. Eventually, I will hang a cloud above me. But what's happening is the sound is essentially bouncing off the ceiling at an angle and going behind me. And everything, all the sound is essentially ending up in that loft up there. So I sent... Uh, assistant Chris up there yesterday and we put those those panels up but yeah this is a uh, it's an acoustic adventure in here trying to get it treated yeah I, I'm gonna have to bug you a bunch about figuring out how to do that in this in, in my new office because the biggest thing is like I don't know how I'm not I've only been in all the rooms of the spot like once mm-hmm. and I didn't take any pictures I took pictures of there's like one giant room that's going to be the showroom. And I haven't talked to Matthew or Dennis about this, but I think we should set up like a drum kit and have it be like a place where people could play music. Yeah, that'd be sick. Cause it's, it's big. It's a big room. Um, yeah. but it is also next door to people. Like my wall will be next to Novo. I can be noisy. It's fine. The other space is next to whoever is renting on the <laughs> other side. It's of like the wall. some insurance company <laughs> yes. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't want to, yeah, we, we can't get too loud in there, at least during the day. But, um, but yeah, it's, this is, this is so exciting. And, and, um, Jesse, uh, from rude tech, who's been working with me, Jesse Rue, he's my new hire, been working pretty much full time. He and I banged out every standard pedal build that I had on order. So apart from like Wildwoods and any other limited things, I'm completely caught up, which is nice. Something that hasn't really happened since 
I mean, there were a few moments last year where I like had my count down to like 30. Right. But, right. uh, for the most part, it's been well over a year since I had like zero things to make that uh, standard things, you know? Right. That's so, amazing, man. Yeah. And it's kind of stressing me out. I'm like, Oh gosh, does that mean like no one's ordering anything? It's like, no, they've just been waiting for a month and now they're going to get them and they'll order more later. But it, it's freaky at first when you, you get done and you're like, uh, okay. And you turn the lights off and walk away. Right. Right. Yeah. So. It, man, things are moving. Things are happening. Yeah. Things are growing. We're doing stuff. Look at us, huh? Hey, hey, who'd have thought? thought? Who'd have thought? (laughs) There's, I I have windows now. You can, there's, I'm not in a hole in a underground anymore. Are you going to have to cover them up though? Actually, I might, I might leave them open. I like the natural light in here. Um, like this is not a window. This, this light right here. This is one of my, my main lights. That's going to be another adventure is figuring out how to film in here. Yeah. What angles work, the lighting works, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's going to be a while of, of like experimenting, but I'm excited about it. It's going to get, uh, I think it's going to inspire me to like do new things, which is cool. Yeah. And that, that's one thing I'm excited about in my new space too, is like, I want to have, I think it's Ola England. Mm. He has a wall with a, with like a magnetic sign. Have you right. seen? And so, no. well, so he can change, um, uh, like whatever his the video he's doing, he can like pop a sign on the wall, and right. And so, if it's like coffee with Ola, it'll go on the wall, and if it's a different thing, it'll go on the wall. And I think that would be really wicked for us. Like, I could, we have a dipped in tone sign, we could have a Novo sign, we could have a you know Mythos sign, all this stuff for whatever videos we're doing, either in my room or in the other room, because essentially. Everybody, because it's going to be Novo, me, and Revolta, we all want to do content. And yeah. so we're, we're all going to, like, every, like, uh, Matthew just ordered a bunch of podcasts and stuff. Uh, Wes from Revolta just ordered, like, a new Mac Mini with some, like, studio stuff. And then I have all my stuff. And I'm like, why are we all, like, doing this separate? Well, this is what I was thinking about. Like, I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this the other day. He was asking me about like, okay, what's the YouTube channel? And like, what do you want to do? It's just a friend I've known for a long time. He's an amazing guitar player and he's, he's kind of like an older brother kind of figure to me. Mm. And he was just kind of asking like, what are you doing? Basically like new house, new space. What are you doing? And I was, uh, this is something I've been kicking around in my head for a long time. Like, what does it look like to create a network basically like your own sort of guerrilla media company where, you know, you have all of these people doing cool stuff and really talented people who maybe have like the knack for creating content, whether it's a a podcast or a YouTube channel, but they either don't have the time or they don't have the skill set or they don't have the desire to edit. Like, Mm. why can't I start essentially like a media company that would like, we would have dipped in tone. We would have my channel. We would have, you know, we could do the, have the Nova podcast guys and we would essentially produce it, have, you know, those guys just record it, do the thing. And then our team quote unquote edits it and puts it out and does all the SEO and everything like, right. I think that would be really cool. And I'm working with a, um, a guitar builder right now, a guy named Chris Alvarado. He runs driftwood guitars. And it's funny because I've known Chris 
since 2006, 2007. My my family we also used to we always used to go to the beach down in Destin every year for vacation. That's where he lives. He's an amazing musician, singer. He gigs around there. And in 2007, he started building these acoustic guitars, and now it's grown into this company where he builds these incredible uh, guitars. He's beautiful. He's known for his inlay work. He does this incredible inlay work. That's um, somebody can drop it in the chat. Driftwood guitars. Oh yeah. I'm looking at it now. It looks, it's awesome here. Yeah. His stuff. I mean, and these are like high dollar acoustics. He builds like 15 guitars a year and, and you know, they're, Mm. they're crazy, crazy expensive, but um, he is starting his YouTube channel and I've been helping him out and kind of guiding him. And it's, it's working like he's got it for YouTube. He's great on camera. He understands uh, what's going on and there's opportunities happening for him now with some big companies that are going to, you know, send a film crew down there to produce some content for their channel. So it's like, there's this whole thing sort of happening now around the guitar music industry online with content creators and people making stuff. Um, Yeah. And I'd like to, produce that i'd like to have a hand in some of that stuff yeah yeah well you just let me know when you're ready for all this great mythos content that's gonna be i'm serious man like like get some people on board get some editors on board and and you know yeah start putting some stuff out man i'm i'm excited about all the opportunities we're gonna this is this by the way i think this podcast is gonna be pretty free form yeah, so we're, we're just hanging out today. We're, y'all. We're, it's like we haven't ridden a bike for a few years. I'm like, okay, I I'm get it. Yeah, like it don't fall over. Um, I'm excited about all the space because, like, at first the square footage of my new space is not that much more than a garage. But then again, I don't have like a lawnmower right. and like all of Graham's toys that he doesn't play with anymore. Mm-hmm. Like taking up the, my proton pack that's not mm-hmm. done. Um, so you know jokingly, Matthew said, oh, when are you going to start building amps? I'm like, well, uh-oh. and then, you know, I think, Oh, when are you going to start winding pickups? Oh, what about cables? You know, like yeah. all these things. And they, those are the things that I'm the most excited about because man, there's just so much like when, when you get yourself in a position where you can explore the opportunities you want to chase, like, I don't know. Sometimes that can like blind you to the actual goals you should be working towards, I think. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but man, it's so exciting. And then I've been really hungry, like chasing all these different ideas about, you know, I've been looking at pickup winders and, and, uh, um, you know, starting to rethink my amp designs. Cause I have a couple amp ideas and funny enough, um, seeker effects, uh, Seeker Electric Effects, who uh, we've sh- I've shilled <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> yeah. before, but Mike, I made a layout PCB for him, which right. is basically an eyelet board, but it's a circuit board. So, um, like a Fender Deluxe Reverb is built on an eyelet, which is like a fiber board, kind of like a bobbin sort of yeah. thing with little holes, and you put the parts in and solder them. But um, it's all very, it's not cheap, but it's flimsy. Yeah, and it's not rigid. And he said, it would be cool to have like an actual circuit board, but made like an eyelet. And I was like, I can make that. And so I made that. And after I did it, I was like, oh, you could make a Tweed Deluxe like this. Right. So it looks just like an eyelet or a turret. I mean, you don't have to do turrets, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and all the circuit, all the grounds are there. It's all routed pretty and, and properly. And it'd be easy to make. And I'm like, this is kind of like the in-between of you could use all the fancy components and yet 
have something that's easy to reproduce and doesn't require as much offboard wiring where, where I think those are the places you mess up. Right. So I'm really excited about maybe starting to do some layouts like that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, the man, the pickup thing has been something that I've been thinking about for years, but I've never wound a pickup. So I don't know. Well, start. I mean, you yeah. got to figure it out somewhere, right? It's like, I, see, I'm bad though, because whenever, whenever I want to do something, I go hard. Like, you know, <laughs> I go hard, I go hard, hard. Like, <laughs> it, you know, when, when I was looking at electric cars, you know, uh-huh. you know, I, I sent you the, the Ford one, but then I was also looking at like the Jaguar and uh-huh. the Audi and stuff. And it's like, you know, I'm like, I could, I could make that work. But, but for like pickup winders, I'm not looking at the little tiny, like mojo tone coil winder, which is, you know, a couple hundred bucks or whatever, and would do everything I would possibly need. I'm looking at large industrial coil winders with like auto traversal and can like, you just push a button and it goes like what PRS has. And it's like, right. what am I doing? What yeah, am I but, doing? But if, okay. But so here's the thing, like reading the chat here, chat definitely approves of the, uh, of the mythos amp thing. Mm. A mythos pickup you could you could become the acme of the uh of the guitar <laughs> world right where you just yeah. have this big catalog that you send off to people and it's just mythos everything get your mythos straps your mythos strings your mythos whatever sure. but i think bombs and <laughs> tnt detonator yeah giant crate drops out of the things just mythos Ooh. inside i think uh the pickup thing is cool though because it's you know you know a lot about pickups you know what you like and you you have a rare thing which is anyone can go and buy a pickup winding or a coil winding machine and start making pickups right it's i don't i mean again i've never made a pickup either so i might be speaking out of my ass here but i don't think it's that difficult in the grand scheme of things to wind a pickup but what you have that a lot of people don't is the experience of playing a lot of the real old stuff and knowing what sounds good yeah what sounds and what doesn't sound good, right? Yeah, but and and I feel I feel very fortunate in that that I've had that experience just across the board. I posted a a, a picture of the day of me like 2016 getting to play um, the John Mayer Black one through John's actual amp, <laughs> like the the Mulholland Drive two rock he played, and it's like you know when I think about it, it, it seemed like a kind of normal day at that point. Mm-hmm. But then when you say it out loud, you're like, oh my gosh, that's like such a rare thing to have experienced and to be able to have some sort of firsthand knowledge of, you know, it's like, I do feel very lucky, but yeah, I, you know, I, I experience goes so far. I mean, there is, there is an art to making everything, you know, especially pickups, you know, cause there's a lot of people that I think do a really good job, uh, you know, making things a vintage way. And I don't think they sound as good as they should. Um, right. so those are the, like, how, where, where are they messing up? I don't know. So though that's the journey I have to go on. And again, because I, I, I like, I want to hit the ground running like as hard as possible. It's, it, I, I, I struggle like easing into it. Mm. So like, it's, it's something I'm just going to have to really study about and, and I'll probably, we'll just have to buy one of those little mojo tone and wind a few pickups and then just give them away and see what people think, you know? Yeah. Nice. Well, if you need a beta tester. I'm your boy, boy. But um, do you want to dip-, dip a rig? Yeah, look. Oh, we're look s- at us, simpatico S- here. Stop it! <laughs> Stop. Now let's see if this image is uh, 
like 5,000 pixels by 5,000 pixels like that last one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I think we're okay. Okay. We're going to, we're going to dip Mr. Brandon Shags rig. Mr. You're gonna, Shags. You're going to like this one. Here you go. Oh yeah. His victory 140, hundred watt for bedroom playing dip my rig. And so what he's got here, uh, he's got a victory V140, which I thought were more than a hundred, 100 watts. I thought they were 140 watts. Um, the two notes, Captor X, a Fender American Pro 2 Telecaster. And for pedals, he's got the EHX Freeze, a uh, ARP 87 by Walrus, the JHS Bonsai, and then the Keeley Fuzzbender. Um, he says he's mainly using the amp. He says the amp's a little much for bedroom playing, but the Captor X does a great job taming it. And eventually, he was wanting to get it, wanting to get a two by twelve. Um, but for now, this is this is the setup. And like I think of everything so far, save for a cabinet, like this is the most straightforward rig I think we've seen. <laughs> yeah, this is the most just meat and potatoes to the to the point rig, which I really dig. So yes. let's start with the uh, with the telly here. Just a straight ahead maple board, you know, uh, American Pro Two. I mean, like. Telecasters, Fender guitars across the board. I think um, you know it's it's you're splitting hairs at, at a certain point. You know, like I feel like most of the guitars until you get into the very high end custom shop tier, it's like a Telly's a Telly. But the American Pro series, the American standard, whatever it was, whatever they want to call it, that is the benchmark. I think right, and you cannot go wrong with an American right. standard. Pro. Yeah, so I, they sent me a uh, an American Pro Two Strat last year, and at first I was kind of, it needed a setup because with Strats I'm I'm a little bit particular. I typically don't like the bridge floating, and this has the two point trim and everything. Mm. And I was just kind of like, ah, I don't know, this is a little too modern for me. It's a little too whatever. But I had it set up, had it set up with nines, and I actually did leave the bridge floating on that one. And once the setup was done. I've really connected with that guitar, man. It's that light blue one, the blue sparkle mm. one that I play in the video sometimes. And uh, I've really enjoyed playing that Strat, man. It's it's great. The pickups are really solid. It's got the, the what do they call it, the S1 switching, but they changed mm. it now. It's now a push-push pot instead of that right. weird pot with a button in the middle of it that they used to do. Yeah, that you would, that you would hit it too hard and pop out and you'd never find yeah. it. <laughs> um, but it's a fantastic Strat, man. I haven't played the, the Tele, but I think... They're really doing a great job with those American Pro series guitars. I had a, it, it was an American standard. I don't, mm-hmm. the, the names have changed so many times, but it was, um, it was like the first time they did the contoured back, like the strat cut, yeah. the, be- the belly cut on yeah. a telly. And I, I, I traded it. Oh, when I got my, my R9, I traded it to Carter. And I would see it hanging on the wall thinking, why did I get rid of that? You know, because mm-hmm. A, I didn't get that much money for it in trade. Mm-hmm. And B, like everyone needs some sort of telly, I think. Yeah. And yeah, it had the stock pickups. Um, they're just great. And, 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 and the Pro 2, I mean, I, every f- new Fender I've ever messed with, which is rather infrequent, but when I do like, uh, you know, make that trek to Guitar Center, I'm always like, these are great. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, yeah, so. Fender's doing a great job, man. Yeah. They're, they're really doing a good job. They sent me something new this week that uh, I won't show on this episode because I haven't actually like played it yet. Is it a new what? Acoustasonic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's bum, not. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, 
I told you I had a conversation with them about that, by the way, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if and I they were like, podcast. If you rent, you piece <laughs> of crap. You don't you ever, don't you ever let me see you. If if you want the free gear to, to cut, you want that free, that sweet free gear tap to turn off. Don't you ever say anything about dangling that kidding. carrot. <laughs> no, it was, it was nothing like that. They, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should share this publicly, but it was, it oh. was a very good conversation that they were like, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. They, they were like, Hey, they thought that I was upset that I didn't get, um, they considered and I was like, no, I, right. I, first of all, the fact that, that I've, I've even considered as a person that a company like Fender would send something to is a, a massive honor. Like that's not in any way, shape or form lost on me. I mean, yeah. I, I still get short, sort of shocked. Um, when that kind of stuff happens. So I'm incredibly grateful. And, um, <laughs> and they were, they, they were just like, yeah, we didn't send it to you. Cause we knew we didn't, you wouldn't like it. And it wouldn't, <laughs> it's not your thing. I was like, yeah, hey, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. And like, if, if I made a pedal and I was thinking about, Oh, I'm going to send this to, you know, some YouTubers or whatever, which I rarely do. Yeah. But if I knew someone wouldn't like it, why would I bother boxing it up and sending it to him. So I, I totally get it. Yeah. But no, yeah, they, it, they were really cool about it. And, um, yeah, we, we had a good long conversation and apparently they watched the show. Well, good. So there you go. So they'll never send anything to me either. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, Rhett, you're cool. But that, that's that guy. I don't know. I don't know about him. He's a little too opinionated. Yeah. Oh man. I, I there was a comment, on the last episode that someone said, Zach really needs to get over himself. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, okay. Hey, sure, I, I know. I just, do. just to remind everyone, this show is free. Right. And we do this because we like it. You don't have to watch. You don't have to agree. You don't have to watch. That's it. That's, that's all, that's all there is to it. That's anyways, let's get back to the rig. Yeah, I know. I, I know I'm great anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Let, you want to talk about the pedal board next? Yeah, let's talk about the pedal board. Have you ever played the Keeley Fuzzbender? Because I have mm, not. I did at NAM. Yes. Which is to say, I have no idea what it sounds like. <laughs> you heard it through the world's cheapest headphones in the yeah. loudest room. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've not played it either. I, um, I know Robert, uh, he's a, a very He's he's Robert Keeley is one of the coolest pedal dudes. Like you think, oh, like it's Robert. Don't don't bother him. But right. he's just like, hey, what's what's going on? Let's let's look at your stuff. Let's talk about pedals. I'm like, all That's right, cool. yeah. So um, he's super positive and just just a really nice, kind person. And I appreciate uh, everything that Keeley does in the community because man, like Keeley puts out some stuff, right? Uh, but the fuzzbender, they really do. The fuzzbender looks awesome. Uh, I think. Let me pull up some specs about this thing because it's. For those that don't, I guess everyone listening probably knows what it is, um, but maybe we should like inform ourselves. Um, it's used as a combination of high gain silicon and germanium. It's a three tr- transistor hybrid fuzz, so probably like a tone bender. Sure. And then it has um, this treble bass and bias with fuzz and level. So I'm sure there is. Um, and that is nice having the the treble and bass control on a tone bender circuit. It's mm. it's really really useful. Like my Mark One, um, does I mean, it, I, I love does it, it have a tone knob at all? No, no. Oh, okay, just, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, um, but it works great with some 
it works great with most amps, but there's some combinations with that pedal that I found where it's like, Ugh, I don't, there's, it's not working with this thing. But if I had like a treble and bass control on it, then it wouldn't be a Mark one tone bender, but still you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it a little more versatile. Yeah. So, uh, cool. JHS bonsai straight ahead. I mean, if you're going to have a tube screamer, why not have all of them in one, in one box? Literally all of them. The only downside to the, bonsai and i think josh would probably agree with this it's a lot of the tube screamers kind of sound the same <laughs> uh because i i played it i was super excited because i love tube screamers you know and i i went to east side we know we know my we, god we, we, we get it zach we get it zach god but i play get i went over to yourself dude god jesus know, such a <laughs> pretentious jerk god you're so pretentious um but uh went to Eastside and played it, and I was like, oh, cool, because OD1, oh, it sounds like an OD1. And then you go to Tube Screamer, and like, okay. And then the next Tube Screamer, you're like, all right. The yep. next is like, yep, okay. that's what they all yeah, sound. That's what this sounds Basically, sound like. there's like three components different between a you know an 8, a 9, and an 808. Or not, wait, what did I say? A 10, a 9, and an 808. But um, but yeah, but cool pedal. And I, I, I like the fact that it's got the you know the, the JHS, the Keeley, all the different mods in it. So Yeah, it's cool. It is a real, that is, to, honestly, it's like, if you are going to have a tube screamer just just get that one because it's like it does all the things it does yeah. all of the stuff it doesn't literally everything all of it uh, uh the arp i'm not familiar i mean i've i know of this pedal but I i've never played it and i'm not super hip to what it does i played it at carter when i worked there <laughs> Drink. when yeah when it came out and um yeah it's a multi-function delay that does um digital analog lo-fi and slapback uh, and it's it's a cool it's a, it's a cool delay thing you know yeah. it's a it's a digital um pedal that you know this gives you a bunch of different voicings and um there's like this the x knob does the different types of uh oh wait no the x knob changes the function depending on the algorithm so it does different different things for each mode but yeah it's you know thousand millisecond delay it's that's great. I don't know. That's cool. How long is the delay on the Oracle? Six hundred. Six hundred ish. Yeah. Right. Uh, on the Oracle, when you max the knob, it's six hundred. But you can actually. I, I don't know how far you've tapped it, but you can tap as long as you want. But it it just craps out. It De- degrades. Yeah. I, yeah. I've noticed that because like you get all the way out, then you can make it slower, but the repeats, which is cool. Yeah, it's cool, but it does affect your. It, it affects the the non delayed signal because everything just starts falling apart because you're pushing right. the pedal way beyond the limits of what the chip is the chips rather are, is supposed to do. So yeah, um, the, that that when when I first noticed that it did that, uh, I emailed John. I was like, "Hey, this thing is broken." He's like, "Oh no, it's supposed to do that." And I was like, "What?" And then I started playing with it. I was like, "Oh, I get it now. This is fun." So, what yeah. if he just told you that because he didn't want to go through fixing? He's <laughs> like, like, "No, no, it's supposed like, to." Oh do no, that. Zach. Yeah, no, it's right. It's right. <laughs> well, oh geez, um, nice. And then we got the freeze, electro harmonics freeze. freeze. That's cool. Classic. Yep. Now the victory. Okay, so mm-hmm. victory is one of these interesting companies. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with them. I have the Sheriff 22, which is the small, like their Marshall kind yes. of thing. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Now, are they trying to gain more of a foothold here in the States? I feel like they are. 
Uh, I, I feel like a lot of because they're big in England, obviously, yeah. being where they're based, but they're not that big here in the states. You don't see a lot of players here really adopting them. No, and I don't know uh, like what their dealer base is in the states anyway. You know, like when when because Rift City Guitar was I think the first place to have Victory amps in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and then Rift City unfortunately closed. Right, but. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I think it, everyone kind of heard about them through Andertons initially. Yeah. And, right. and of course, Rob Chapman was one of the early adopters and now he's moved on to Bad Cat. Um, but uh, you also have, you know, guys like Rabia Massad and all these, you know, incredible English guitar players um, using these things. But I don't know about as many American players using them. And they are great. Uh, the, the V140 that... Um, Brandon has is like the big, big brother to the V40, which yeah. is just like, you know, a loud, clean, straight ahead amp. And the, the V40, I think, is my favorite of all the ones I've played. Um, but I've not played many of the newer ones. I've not played the Sheriff or the the Copper, which is like the Vox or, yeah. or anything like that. I'd be interested in trying the Copper and, and seeing how it compares to my AC30. Yes. AC30 circuits... I have found maybe it's because I know I've played a lot of them and I know those amps pretty well in terms of what I like to hear out of them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really difficult to get a proper quote unquote, depending on what you're looking for, depending on what I'm looking for uh, a proper AC 30 sound. So I'd like to, I'd like to play the copper and see how it compares. And uh, for, for instance, to me, a proper AC 30 is, um, well, like my 64, that's yeah. the thing with, yeah, with that's, the Bulldogs. That's proper. Uh, or the early 90s Korg era Marshall built AC30s that had the blues in them. Mm-hmm. Basically anything that like the Edge would have played or you know Brian May. I know those are two completely different sounds sonically. Yeah. But the way that a proper quote-unquote AC30 breaks up compared to the new ones from Vox – the Chinese made ones from Vox. Um, they're different, especially in the high end. And yeah, we've talked about this before, but to me, the newer Voxes, even the hand wired ones, the high end is not right. They're real brittle and real shrill, especially when you start to push the amp, it gets harsh Yeah, in the upper, the, the top end. And the real amps don't do that. They're bright and brilliant and chimey, but that chime is like this really, smooth presence that's coming from the top end. It's not harsh and and hard. It's like part of the drive sound. I mean, yeah. And and yeah. And I, I totally agree. And man, I I found there was one of those Korg ones on Nashville Craigslist for like 1500 bucks. Dude, I feel like I should have bought it. They're so good and they're bomb proof. Yeah. They're, they're so well built. The Um, vintage ones are not. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm, I'm real nervous about mine, but I would like a Korg one because that would be a great amp to to travel with and gig with. If you you can play in a space, there was an, a Korg early nineties, um, AC, no, sorry. It was an early two thousands, but still Marshall built AC 15 at Atlanta discount music here. Not too long ago. And I played it. It sounded fantastic, dude. Like that would be an amazing gigging amp. Yeah, because um, they're loud enough to get over any drummer, and they break up really well. They had a Alnico blue in it; like it did the thing. Yeah, Drake. Oh. 
Well, I, I guess lastly on on Brandon's rig, he's got the Captor X, which I've never used, but you have one. I I love it. Yeah, I I really love it. And um, now I will say it's the same problem that I have with the Ox, which is the attenuators in them suck. Right. Now, I know he said he's using it. He's probably using the attenuator. Well, no, he but doesn't have a cab. He doesn't have a cab. So, yeah. Okay. See. Yeah. So that's that's fine. That's a perfect use case for the Captor X. Um, and that's how I'm going to be using it here. In fact, I've got mine. I brought mine here. So it's sitting on top of the, uh, oh God, whoa, whoa. it's sitting on top of the speaker and it's going to be used. I'm going to, here's my new amp rack, by the way. Jesus, Look at that. everybody relax. So got that, <laughs> you got a, that YouTube button and everything over there. This, this was a piece of furniture in our living room that I stole. I, when the movers were moving in, I was just like, yeah, put that upstairs, put that upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's gonna be my new amp rack. So I'm just going to run everything into the captor X, um, and shameless plug self shill here. I've been talking with two notes and we're going to do a Rhett's cabinet pack for all the two notes stuff. So I'm going to be capturing my favorite cabinets that I have, my divided by 13s, my high watt cab, my Morgan cab, and uh, they will be available. So if you have any like two notes stuff or use the plugins, you can use my cabinets. Boom with my favorite mics so what would you rate brandon's rig brandon you need a cabinet <laughs> yes you need yeah. a cab um i would i would recommend a 212 that's what he said he was gonna yeah do. yeah i mean for playing at home a 212 is gonna be a lot but i mean you have a 100 watt amp <laughs> yeah. so you know um i would recommend recommend a cabinet and I would recommend personally, I would get something that is a better attenuator than the Captor X. Um, now that's you know for a hundred watt amp, I was going to recommend the um, this guy, the Iron Man Two Mini, but the Mini only handles a, up to a thirty watt amp. So right. you'd have to get the bigger version of this guy, which is a little bit more money. I think they're like three or four hundred bucks. So. Um, not cheap, but this is to me, this is the best attenuator out there. Um, yeah. So, well, and I mean the, 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 the V140 and it is hundred Watts. I was wrong about the 140 Watts. It just, I, the name screwed me up. Um, it does have, you know, a master volume and stuff. And if you're mainly using it as a cleaner platform anyway, Oh, it does um, have a master volume and it does have a high, low output switch as well. So like, I, okay. I feel like, Forget what I said about the attenuator. Uh, yeah, I don't, you don't necessarily need it. And as far as cabinets go, um, the Victory cabs are great. I like Avatar cabs. Um, at least I used to. I don't. I haven't heard much about them in recent memory. Or Mojo Tone makes great cabs. Yeah, don't sleep on Mojo Tone, man. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I feel like overlook the Mojo Tone cabinets. Keep in mind they build cabinets for some some of the more popular like boutique quote unquote brands out yeah. there. Um, like when I went there a few years ago, they were building all the cabinets for the magnetone stuff, yeah. like all the magnetone combos and everything. That's mojo tone stuff. All the port city cabs, which the port city cabinets are some of the best cabinets out there. The design that Daniel came up with for those cabs is amazing. Those are all built by mojo tone. Yeah. So, and you can get anything from them. They make Marshall cabs, basket weaves, two twelves, four twelves. They make fender tweed cap i mean they do everything so yeah and you can get it customized um like the different tolex and whatnot 
Right. Which is why right. I, I mean, also why I like Avatar, but the, you know, it's similar, similar vibe. Uh, but, right. but Mojo Tone are fantastic. It, pretty much everything Mojo Tone makes their pickups, their, you know, cabs their amps, they're all really good. They're really good, but so. people, I feel like sleep on them a little bit. Yeah. I think people I think it's a budget brand when in fact it's, it's not, you it's know? not, yeah, it's just, not a, it's cheap. a, it's a factory direct. It's like, I mean, yeah. you're just buying it direct from the people that make it. So, yeah. Right. But yeah. So like as it sits without the cabinet, where would you, where would you rate this? Back? I'm going to give this seven point four shoils. 7.4. Seven I, th- I thought it might rate a little bit higher. I think uh, the only thing I would want to see apart from the cabinet would maybe be some humbuckers. Yep. But that's just me. But right. as far as like a, Hey, this is, I'm taking it to the gig. Um, once you get a cab, um, <laughs> you're ready to go. You know? Um, yeah. I, I was I was thinking eight point one eight point one. Ooh, nice. Okay, yeah, I, I yeah. like it. I like it. I, I agree with the humbucker thing. I'd go semi hollow. There you go. I'd get a three thirty five style guitar with that. That combo with the telly, that amp, you'd be off to the races. Boom, boom. So during all of this, I thought of something we could touch on. Okay, summer nam. Oh yeah, it's happening. It's coming up, whether we want it to or not, and apparently. <laughs> They are desperate for people to, to exhibit because I got an email. Uh, I let my NAM membership lapse. And for those mm-hmm. that don't know, to, to exhibit at NAM, you have to be a NAM member and you have to pay that annually. And if you don't pay it, then you can't show and you got to re up. But I let it go because I thought, well, hell, I'm not going to be showing at NAM for the next foreseeable future. And they sent me an email saying, hey, if you'd still like a booth. <laughs> After wow. they after they'd already sent an email saying, "Hey, the the sign up for booths ends at this point, right?" And and after that, then you can't get in. But last last week they sent an email to everyone saying, "Hey, um, there's still there's still time." Uh, so <laughs> have you looked? Because I know you're a, intending on attending. Uh, I'm intending on attending. <laughs> But have God, you looked? Was, why did you say that that way? <laughs> That's awful. Because I'm, I'm intent on attending, but is that me? It, but because have, it's easy for me. It's it's a three and a half hour drive. Like sure. why not? And I need to come up anyways. We need to come to town. I need to probably go to Nashville anyways before Nam. Probably sometime in in June. Just do that um, and not come to the show. <laughs> I mean, I but we're going to get passes just because and i'll go and check it out and walk around it it is going to be way way small this year though like well have you looked at the exhibitor list no i never look at the exhibitor list well perhaps you should (laughs) because (laughs) okay okay, just on so i'm i'm on the uh the summer nam page on nam.org jump in the chat okay here we go attend the show and Normally they do this like uh, image cloud of all the big brands that, that show mm-hmm. up. And on this page, you can see it. So I'm going to read for you and those listening at home, uh, the biggest brands that they're showcasing on this image, which I think if this is going to be on your main page, your website, you want the biggest brand you got right sure. there. Taylor, right. Taylor yep. guitars. Yep. Cool. Gibson. Yep. All right. Yamaha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Martin. Mm-hmm. And here's where things get kind of weird. Uh, the United States Postal Service. Uh, <laughs> Reverend, okay, I can see Reverend, but as far as guitar brands go, they're not the biggest in the world. Hal Leonard, of course. Uh, Vic Firth, all right. Gator Cases, okay. 
Audioscape Engineering Company. Ravvast? Ravvast. It looks like one of those little hang little drum hang drums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Franklin guitar straps. They make a lot of straps. But then, like, uh, wait, wait. Why is Gretsch so small? Where is Gretsch? Well, hold on. Okay. So, this is the other confusing thing. On the very bottom, the smallest logos, we have Ultimate Ears. We have Gretsch. We have I two did, notes. I didn't even see those. So, okay. You have Gretsch at the very bottom of the list and Ultimate Ears, arguably two pretty large brands. Dario is real small. And then at the very top, you've got Audioscape Engineering. I don't even, what is Audioscape Engineering? Sorry, I, I, no I, offense to Audioscape. I don't, I don't mean to like dish on you at all. I just am not familiar with what you do. Hal Leonard? What? Well, Hal Leonard, Hal Leonard's huge. It looks like Audioscape makes right, like rack preamps and stuff and compressors. Oh, maybe, okay. Maybe I've I should know who they are. Never, never seen Audio. Them. But I mean, Hal Leonard's huge because, you know, so many people that attend this run music stores and they have, they buy books and lessons and things like that. But I bet it's probably oh, cool. they do like LA two a clones and yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But cool. it's odd to see that brand. The logo is so big um in comparison to all yeah, these that's, that's weird yeah because gretch i bet it's based off this the booth the size. size of their yeah you're probably right and and how many pedal brands do you see on this none okay so you, where they're all at there are a few people exhibiting um in their own booths um very small brands uh probably have the little small booths along the perimeter of the show but everybody's at the delicious audio booth, which is a, you send them a pedal board and you can show up and be behind the board in a, in like a shared table thing. Sure. Uh, so JHS is doing that. I think Walrus, Chase Bliss, uh, a, a lot of the big boys are doing that instead of having their own booth because why would they? And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure like JHS is going to send a rep. Chase Bliss, I'm sure will send a rep. But I guarantee Josh is not going to be there. Joel's not going to be there. I mean, yeah. maybe they're coming to Nashville, but I highly doubt it. So, as far as the pedal world goes, um, I don't. I just, they're, they're not turning up, and like, there's no amp companies either. Yeah, and typically, Summer Nam is primarily a guitar. Nam. Like Summer Nam is usually like primarily guitar, a little bit of pro audio, a little bit of drums and things like that, but it's primarily guitar and bass focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So here's the question then. Do you think that this has any implication towards what winter Nam is going to look like? Or do you think that people are kind of just saving their bones and get ready and everyone's going to go big at winter Nam this year? I don't know. Cause I mean, I think, my initial thought is yes. Like, you know, this is going to be, this NAM is going to be the litmus test for all NAMs going forward. Uh, and you know, we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about NAM and like the importance of it, but I think summer NAM, and if you go and you know, you know, cool, but I think you're really going to see, you're going to see firsthand whether or not people are actually going to come up, come, come to this. Cause I think this is really going to be telling about, the the necessity of this sort of thing and i i'm shocked at how many people i know that are going to just go to hang out because above all things there's no mention of safety there's nothing about you know i know 
every you know vaccines masks notwithstanding all that stuff but i feel like it should at least be mentioned right. because this is a, a, an event with people coming all over the world to come hang out and there's no public day and it's only on thursday friday i think yeah so it's just two days instead of three um it's altogether yeah. weird it's very weird and i think you're right i think the the writing is on the wall here i think the real litmus test though will be winter nam I think mm. with Summer Nam, we're, we're close enough at the time because it takes months and months and months of planning for companies to get this kind of thing together, especially the bigger companies. Yeah. And when you think back to just a couple of months ago, the the vaccine wasn't sure. Like th- there was just a lot of uncertainty floating around about what July would even look like. Right now, we're kind of we're pretty confident, you know, the vaccine's working. People have gotten vaxxed. I'm I'm fully vaxxed. You're, you're fully vaxxed, yeah. like ready to go. And um, so I think at the time that most companies were would have been planning to go to Summer Nam, it was still unsure. They were still unsure. But I think Winter Nam will really, really tell. Yeah. Because by that time, we've had enough time to really figure this out. People are vaxxed up, ready to go. We should be somewhat back to normal by January. And if it's low at that point, then Nam, I think Nam's days are done if, yeah. if winter nam is low this year then uh it is what it is yeah devin uh in the chat he he works for diadario and um shout out to devin because he his his wildwood mjolnir got nicked what <laughs> yeah and so i uh, i told him i was going to do this and it took me forever because i'm just the slowest human uh, i sent him a replacement a replacement and he very kindly sent me a care package from diadario with a bunch of strings and and nice. fun things, um, the things we mentioned on the the show, like silk and steel strings and like awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you, Devin. But he said uh, you pay extra for that logo size and placement on the website. So right, that's why. And ninety uh, percent of the companies still have no clue what they want to do for Winter Nam, especially due to the cost associated and sales success of the virtual Nam in twenty twenty one. Oh well, the virtual Nam was an utter joke. I mean, come on, right? It who, like. Th- they should have just not even done anything for, for as bad as the virtual NAM was. I mean, come on, you know, it, it, I think it, it did more damage to the NAM brand than it helped Yeah, because it kind of highlighted sort of the, um, the, how outdated the trade show model kind of is. I think that's what it did is it really showed people kind of like, do we, we don't need this. Like what, what are we even doing here? And so again, to highlight what we talked about on previous shows, you know, if you're new here, there, we did a whole episode on this several months ago. But if Nam wants to remain, there's a lot of good that happens with a, a congregation of the industry like Nam. What a trade show does, there's a lot of great things. From my perspective as a YouTuber, it's like the one time a year that all of the other YouTubers, all my friends, and everybody get together and we get to hang out. And we it's a, a really fun week and. You know, there's a lot of opportunities that come from that and, and new things happen from that. When you get people together, good things happen. Right. So I think there's a place for a yearly or twice a year big meeting of the industry. But in the trade show sort of aesthetic, I don't I don't think that that really works. Yeah. And Devin said that the, the virtual NAM was successful sales wise. Um, so, I mean, that that's great. Um, but you know, but okay. So they're saying they did three times what they did in 2020, but I don't know that you could. And again, Devin, I'm not, I don't know anything about 
D'Addario's sales numbers or anything or how the business is for that company. But from what I understand, sales were up for everybody in 2020, regardless of like virtual NAM happening or not. It just, the, the industry exploded yeah. as, as did a lot of other industries last year. I, I do think the idea of having some sort of virtual component is, is good because not everyone can attend. And, um, if you make it open to people who, uh, either don't have the, the means or, or the, the time to come, then you, you do have the potential with very minimal cost to, to connect with more brands. Cause like, let's face it, NAM is about connecting with dealers and brands and for well, dealers and distributors and for brands to announce new product and showcase their wares. And, and, and in a way it's kind of a bit of showing your ass too. Like you want to show up and like look successful, you know, it, when you go to the fender booth, you're like, Oh wow. Look at this. It's like a whole yeah. building inside a building. <laughs> got two giant ballrooms <laughs> together that they use. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, but you're right. And, and, um, uh, Sugar Tooth in the chat says, it "Sounds like content creators need their own conference, and that's something that you know we've discussed. And I think, I think these things are coming. They've and the content creator thing has happened. It, it's you know there was GitCon, and then um, there's the uh, what's the other one that RJ went to last year? Well, there's GearFest at Sweetwater. Sweetwater. Now, okay, okay. I think I think Sweetwater's onto something with GearFest. I don't think it's there yet." Yeah. Right. It's still, but I think the right elements are there, which is open to the public. You can buy stuff there and it is sort of like a, it's got that comic con sort of vibe to it. Like we talked about, I've not been yet, but um, I was supposed to go this year, but it didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. um, And Tillman does one too as well. And I mean, Gearhead university or whatever. That's the ability of having uh, or being like the largest dealer in your country or like i mean Tillman is like the largest dealer in all of europe basically yeah, they're um, like the sweet water of europe uh, but i think bigger um they're huge i mean maybe not but um the, have you ever seen like the the tours or the like the the videos of how Tillman's uh like shipping system works no it's all robots and it's it's unbelievable if i can find it i'll post it in the description or in a pinned comment but um, really crazy, but, but yeah, I mean like the thing I want to see is that it is that sort of all the brands coming together and anyone can show up. Cause that's the unfortunate yeah. part again. And we've discussed this about Sweetwater or any of these other people. If you be like Atoman, if you're not a brand they carry, then you're not invited. Right. Um, but that idea of all the brands coming together, I don't know if like selling direct to public is something that, cause that, you know, that gets into a whole nother can of worms with taxes and local taxes and, things, yeah, yeah. but, but just being able to get together and have like a low key chill hangout that everyone could come and experience gear and, and have a good time. And, and this is something that I want to do and I want to put it on. Uh, I've talked about it with friends and Morgan and you, and I think it needs to happen. Um, so, uh, Caleb said, Shoil Khan. <laughs> Shoil Khan. Shoil Khan 2021. Let's do it. Khan sounds like a Star Trek villain. <laughs> Shoil Khan. Shoil Khan. Shoil's is happening, by the way. Oh, uh, not in here. I have drawings. I have more drawings than what I sent you. 
uh, oh, really? of things. Yes, things and shapes and ideas. Sho- Shoyles is happening. That's it, all we can say at the moment, but it's uh, it's happening. So maybe there will be a Shoyle Con one day. Oh my God, could you imagine? Dude, that would be sick. What would be... Like let, let's get the top three things that have to be at Shoalcon. Okay, you pick okay. your, you come up with your three, and I'm going to come up with my three. Like in terms, of, like in, in terms of people or exhibitors, what what's the criteria here? Just anything, anything, anything. Because my first thought is since I know you want to do the whole salt flats idea, right? So my thought, go kart track. <laughs> yeah, dude, Red Bull. <laughs> Uh, their crazy helicopter the that like tog. does, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Flute>. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the uh, their crazy helicopter that goes inverted. We have that, oh, oh. but you can you can like go on a ride. Okay, so okay, what? Okay, what's my next one? Mm. Uh, someone said carnival games. I think carnival games to win gear. That would oh, be oh Zach. That's great contests but it's like you buy tickets and maybe all like all the ticket sales go to like some a, a great charity or something right. but it's right. like um yeah like ring toss and uh one of those things where you like have the squirt gun and you pop the like pop the balloon yep. the fastest yep. all those things yes oh and it, i mean and this is just this is just an extra thing but if you're going to do that you have to have a funnel cake and like all yep right <laughs> could you right. imagine the smells oh god it'd be awful <laughs> it'd be great yeah Last time I had funnel cake, I had just taken an edible and it sent me to the moon. So mm, that's a, I, I've got a bad, I haven't had oh, funnel man. cake in about four years. We, uh, when it, well, before the world shut down, we would go to the Nashville flea market. Yep. And there's always like this one food truck thing in the back that's funnel cake. And it's like, I don't, I'm not hungry, but I could eat a funnel cake. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that is one of those things where it's like, if it's around, everyone's like, I mean, I could eat that right now. Is deep fried batter with powdered sugar on it? Yeah, I could eat that. Heveris, I could eat that right now. In in the chat says Shulakan is sounding like a gathering of the juggalos. <laughs> God. Okay, maybe we need to rethink our approach here because it is getting a little out of hand. <laughs> oh man, where but, would we have it? I feel like we can't have it in Nashville. Nashville's no. too like, and neither we couldn't have it in Atlanta either. We'd have to go to like Detroit. <laughs> Detroit, yeah, <laughs> someplace like that, you know. Uh, no, I don't know. It need to be like out in the middle of nowhere. It'd be like like Bonnaroo. Oh, like on a farm. Yeah. What if we just went to the farm? The farm. Bonnaroo. Bon- Bonnaroo. 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 I told you my dad went to Bonnaroo in an airstream, right? What? He bought an airstream, like a, a '60s one, refurbished it with the nice. sole purpose and intention of going to. Bonnaroo by himself or actually he went with a bunch of his fraternity brothers from college my dad graduated college in like 75 or 6 something like that right um so yeah uh <laughs> it he had a lot of stories and my favorite story my favorite experience of my dad going to Bonnaroo was not me at Bonnaroo it was I went to work like a week after he was or after he got back and I was thirsty, and so I went to the fridge, and I saw a big two-liter of Sprite. And I was like, oh, I'll take a sip of Sprite. And so my dad was sitting on his office chair just watching me the entire time this happened. So I took the Sprite. I opened it. There's no hiss. I was like, ah, it's just flat. I turned it up, and I could smell it coming down the two-liter into my mouth that it was not Sprite, but moonshine. 
and I took a big Ooh, sip of it. Oh yeah. And this was like at ten in the morning. Yeah. And yeah, this the hair on my back grew immediately and it was yeah. uh, and he yeah. just watched me like smiling, like nodding his head, like, Yeah, you got yeah. you got a sip of that. <laughs> that's right, boy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's daddy's right. juice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, boy. <laughs> I just I just I, like and looked at him, he's like <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Your, your old man still got it. I, <laughs> I bought Tilly uh for her birthday. Um on the twelfth we got uh tickets to Bonnaroo this year. Oh really? Yeah. But we're not gonna camp or anything. We're gonna stay in town in Nashville and then just drive down. You're gonna drive every day? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I don't want oh. I don't wanna camp you have to like I'm park not, and not, walk. Yeah, it's fine. You can stay in wherever the hell the town is. Um Dude, no. Those those um <laughs> the, no. There's a campground right there. There's the KOA back at the artist entrance. Yeah. Could camp there, but you just need oh wait, okay. You gotta get you gotta get in to play. And then you Well, just... well nobody so I did play Bonnaroo two years ago, which uh-huh. was fun because we had our pat you know, our artist passes got us everywhere. Um what I'm gonna try and do this year. I know a few people that are playing, but I have a friend who works for a big management company, a very close friend. And so what I'm going to do, we already have, we bought GA tickets. So I'm just going to say, Hey man, we got tickets. Is there any way you get like, you could cop us like some wristbands or something. Right. Just get in. It's all about the, it's all about that, like that nudge, you know, and every time Joey Landreth's in town and they're playing, you know, like, pilgrimage or something like hey uh you got any extra passes that you can hey man if if some wristbands were to fall off the back of a truck and to make make their way onto my wrist i wouldn't hate that give it to the me. thing is like after playing festivals we've got a, a festival date coming up with noah in wisconsin in june which i'm really excited about this big country festival um but after playing the festivals and experiencing like the big festival from the back side from the backstage area i don't i i don't ever want to like do the general admission, like standing out in the field in the sun with a bunch of people. It's like, I've been spoiled and it's such a pretentious douchey thing to say. I completely understand it, but I'm like, uh, I, man, I want to go unless I can (laughs) be side stage or something. I couldn't do it either. And, And it's not because like, I've never been backstage on anything like that. It's just, I don't like that many people. Mm, I'm the same and, way. And I don't like being hot and like, just, I don't like being hot. And then like people touching me and you're just standing there like, and you're thirsty. Yeah. And the only thing you can get are $10 beers. And you know, it feels you like stand in line everywhere. Every time I've been in any, in any large outdoor like show, I just, it just, it's, it's hot and it, there's no breeze because the people are blocking it. And it's just, it reminds me of when I was a kid and I had to work out in the fields during the summer it smells like grass and yeah it's, it's like, like oh, mud God. yeah like when, <laughs> when like i i i am glad for the amount of work my my dad made me do the same dad that let me sneak some moonshine in the morning but um he also had the most ludicrous things that he would make me do like for working uh, during the summer just to keep me busy because he didn't want me sitting around right. having fun what? <laughs> Can't what have you get, that happen. You have a. I know you have that N64 you just got, but you know what? What he would do is he would give me. I know this is total. This 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 is just the most free form, and I, I like it. It's fine. Uh, Whatever. We're he would here. give me a, a a grubbing hoe. Do you know what that is? No. It's like 
it's like an axe, and on one side it's an axe head, and on the other side it's like a hoe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. So he would give me those, and he would say, okay, go into this part of the field and chop all the thistles. And you know you know what a thistle is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to, to get one of those, if you just cut it off at the top, it'll grow back. So you have to get the root and pull it up. And he would pay me like, I don't know, like a dime, a thistle flower or something like but I earned a bunch of money because there were thousands of them. And like that's what I did like during the week. He'd be like, put on some sunscreen and go like chop all the thistle. And Why? So, because they were in the in the field and uh I oh, was so it needed to be done. It needed to be done, but I okay. was also like a fourteen year old kid that, you know, just <laughs> you know, he wanted to just, you know build some character. Yeah, yes. Yeah, like <laughs> but I'm I'm you know honestly glad because now I'm like I meet people that say I've never swung a hammer before. I'm like you're a moron. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. So. Look, some people, some people don't have. I think you and I are similar on this. Where I think some people have like the mechanical gene, right? Which mm-hmm. is the 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 thing that people have where they just like to tinker, they like to do stuff. Like I was always the kid in school pulling his pins apart, and, like seeing how they worked. <laughs> In fact, I, when I was in middle school, it used to, for one reason or another, I had this one teacher that it would piss her off so bad that I would pull my pins apart in class. <laughs> like and, you're cleaning a gun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally it's like spraying and everything's laid out. And like, um, I like cars, you know, we both like old cars and stuff like that. But I think some people just don't have it. Some people just don't have that thing of like wanting to swing a hammer and like do stuff. I'll tell you what, though, Tilly has a knack She's going to be the one who's going to – she's getting really into, like, handiwork around the house. She's going to – one day, man, she's going to build herself a wood shop out there and start building furniture or something. Like, she's she's got that thing through and through. And I was I, like, dude, do it. Go ahead. Get her a lathe. Um, that's what uh, Nick Offerman says your first tool should, like – A lathe? <laughs> a lathe? Yeah, well, I mean, you can get a small wood-turning lathe. Oh, okay. Um, I'm picturing like a big machine shop. No, 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 and no. Actually, her her dad, my father-in-law, is a machinist. That's what he does for a living. Oh, well, yeah. No, just get like a small, like tabletop wood turning lathe, and she can start making stuff. And yeah, who knows? <laughs> she could start an Etsy store and be like, you know, Tilly's Hardware Incorporated. That's and, actually a cool a cool brand. Tilly's yeah. Hardware. Hard- That'd be cool. Tilly's Feed and Seed. <laughs> Tilly's feet. You could do, uh, yeah, you could do like a really hip logo with that and everything. Tilly's heart yeah. t-shirts. Oh, uh, uh, hardware and mercantile. There you go. Boom. There it is. You have a shop in, in the total millennial, just, just mm-hmm. money trap right there. It's called of, mercantile or apothecary. You, you paint, paint all the brick white and you just yep. like, you know, you're done. You're done. You're done. And then just the millennial women come pouring in and just throwing money at you. And all it, you do is sell candles and they're fl- and flannel blankets. <laughs> Dude, you know what it is? It's the um, uh, what's her name's shop down there on Twelve South. She has a couple of them. It's a uh, Hank hey, uh, Holly Williams. Mm. She has that shop, that boutique down on Twelve South down there. That's like they've got some cool stuff in there, but it's like, oh, this is a really nice flannel that's three hundred dollars. Oh, right. this is a candle that smells good that's seventy five dollars. Right. And dude, they make they make a killing down there. Hey. Because it's all the sorority girls going down to 12 South to take pictures with the Nashville flag mural, mm-hmm. the Tennessee flag mural, and then they just throw money at this place. Man, John and I had this idea because in the gulch, there's the wings, right? Oh, God. 
So if you've never been to, uh, to, I saw that on TikTok the other day. There was a line. Oh, oh, oh! Hundreds of people. So John and I, when we worked at Carter, uh, we 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 like we are schemers. You know, like we we're constantly saying, "How could we earn? How could we get rich really quick?" And I said, "You know what we should do is at the beach." They have people who take your picture and they give you a card and you get you can get yeah. a photo and you pay for it. I was like, right. you need to do that at all right. the photography spots in Nashville. Dude, no joke. You would make a killing. You would make a oh, killing. These, the tourists, man. If okay, somebody in the chat, post up Nashville Gulch wings. Oh, I can find it so fast. If you're not hip, there's this mural. It's been there for a while. It's not yeah. new. And the Gulch is this part of downtown that is pretty pretty tourist heavy um and i mean all of downtown at this point is basically all tourist heavy but there's this giant mural it's a black brick wall with these two like angel wings painted in white yeah you go and you stand in front of the wings and get your picture taken okay so it's become a thing now that if you are a millennial or younger gen z yeah female and you're in Nashville, you are legally required by some law somewhere to go take your picture uh, in front of this wall. And it's gotten so out of hand that there are lines of hundreds, hundreds of people that line up around the block to go stand in front of this mural and get their picture taken. Oh, and and the most annoying part about it is the what you can't see in the photo, and we'll post this on the video, is uh, right at the end of the street is the entrance to a parking garage. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so like there's traffic. All, mm-hmm. all of these things have a ton of traffic and just people right. standing in the road, taking photos. It's in like, that picture, the, the person who's standing there taking the picture is standing in the road, in the road to the parking garage right there. Yep. <laughs> it's like right where it is. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. People are weird. Oh man. Well, do you have a shill of the week? Did you oh, did you God. find anything in the move and you're like oh I forgot I had this this is cool no I mean yes but no. I mean my life is such a mess right now Zach I know you just you just go and okay let me see if I can find something so I I sent Rhett a, a message oh, about one. this okay I got one so I have my this is a Fender Pro Junior that I bought from uh, Mass Street Music uh, and. I don't know. It, it, it's what? What is, is this? Like Chillowitch? No. What is this? No, that's not Chillowitch. Uh, that's like a blonde tweed kind of thing. I don't it's, know what you call that. It's. It, I don't know. It it looks like a a, a placemat for a table. Kind of. <laughs> it's a if it's a different. It's not Chillowitch, but it's a different placemat. And, and it's a, the type of placemat that your mom would yell at you if you used it. It's like right. the placemat that she leaves on the nice table that you're not allowed to eat on. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. And with a wheat grill, but this Pro Junior, it's a, it's a new one. It came with a Jensen El Nico speaker, and it from the moment I got it, it just sounded like crap. It was super raspy, and so I don't even know if this is going to show up on camera. There it is. There it I, is. I put a George Alessandro Eminence, the GASC64, which is the ceramic in this, which I think is the best speaker for Fender-style amps, bar none. 10 inch thing. It's amazing. I, nice. I, I love pro juniors. I think they're so much better than blues juniors. Uh, cause they're cheap Agreed. and they sound good. And I, I, w- I was playing it quiet. I thought, eh, and then everyone was out of the house and I dimed it. And it 
oh, it sounds so good. You put a fuzz pedal in front of that with just like uh, the the solace. Mwah. It's great. So get you an eminent speaker. If you have a deluxe reverb, the George Alessandro is like like a reissue. That is the speaker to put in that amp. Lyra in the chat. She says, God, I watch this podcast for guitar stuff, not to remind me of my Southern upbringing. <laughs> hey. Is that a Southern thing? I feel like that's kind of ubiquitous around America where you have like the, the dining room that you never eat in. Uh, no, and, and, and like you have all the placemat and the China and stuff set up that you're not allowed to touch. God forbid if you break a piece of China and your mother would murder you. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, my grandmother's house, there was, there was the, the formal dining room that was only used on fancy occasions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. My mom was so upset. Tilly and I don't, we're, I didn't want China. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't get China for our, our wedding and we don't want China. And my mother is, is she, my mother is a saint. I love my mom. She's the greatest woman, but she is obsessed with like China and that kind of stuff. It's what she's into. And she is personally offended that Tilly and I don't want China and that we've asked her multiple times, like do not for Christmas and stuff, do not buy us China. We're, I don't want that in my house. That's what? all I'm going to have to do is move it and put it somewhere. I don't want it. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to get rid of our dining room. We're just going to blow that wall out and just open it up. I'm going to visit your house and like unbeknownst to you, your mom's going to visit and put like plates on the wall and like the little Dude, holders. She's tried. She, <laughs> she's tried. She's like, tries to sneak it in. She'll like buy us a nice like knife set. Be like, Oh, well that would go really well with some, some China. It's like, no, get that shit out of here. I don't want oh, that. Oh yeah. No, I get it. I get it. <sighs> Anyways. All right. Here's my last minute. shill. This is uh, a good one though. Okay. Where'd I, Okay. I'm so ex- excited. So because I've installed some ceiling fans now, I'm now a bona fide um, home improvement expert. That makes uh, sense. I'm a handyman. That, that adds up. Yes. And what every handy man or woman needs in their life is a good drill. Oh, I have that one. Dude, no joke. I've used this. Tilly and I have been fighting over this thing this week. We have two batteries. We've just been burning through the batteries nonstop. This little DeWalt drill we bought like three or four years ago has been just a godsend it's uh it's a great tool i'm in love with this thing it's the old uh the you know classic dewalt 20 volt max man come on it i have one of those and the battery for like normal stuff lasts forever dude this battery i don't know what tesla needs to just use these like (laughs) just take a bunch of these and string them together in the, the model s and you'll get like 500 miles of range out of this damn thing I don't know what they're doing, but yeah, it's like this. I have two of these and you can literally run this drill nonstop all day Yeah, between two batteries. Oh, it, um, it's fantastic. I have the same one. And, and it feels it. like you're loading a gun. Just yeah. like, Clack. Oh, come on. Come America. On. America. Freedom. Guns. Quality John says, wait till you get a drill press. I have a drill press in my garage laying on the, well, it's on the floor. If you want it, you can have it. <laughs> I don't, would you, me? I don't, what am I going to do with the drill press? Make, you can drill all mine. You can, oh, all the, the, whatever we do with shoils, you can be the guy that drills them. Great. Zach, that's such a good idea with all the stuff. It's funny that I have so much free time that I could take on drilling enclosures. You better get some free time because we have some raids on (laughs) destiny to do. So get that light level up. I thought that was a really, a really turnaround way of going, uh, this episode sponsored by Rage Shadow <laughs> Legends. <laughs> no. You're right. I showed you my my uh, little setup downstairs. A little. You have the world's largest television. 
Okay, to be fair, I bought it because I thought we were going to put it over the fireplace. And it turns out that that's not that feasible to do at the moment. So I have a giant-ass TV that's just sitting on a credenza. But see, I think how you have it set up is perfect. Because like I I don't like watching TV like looking up. Right. Because you get a crick in your neck. But like if you're just staring at it, the only thing, the, the only... Unless you're sitting far back, the only problem I see with that television is you're gonna have to move your head to like follow the you action. You do have to like. <laughs> I played I played uh, um, some Gran Turismo on it the other night, and I was sitting like seven feet away from it, eight feet away from it, and I'm like, "How much fuel do I have left?" Okay, <laughs> what lap are we on? Okay, <laughs> like you have to look around at the TV. It feels awesome playing games on it. It's, oh. You know, I it's one step below like a VR headset. I feel like right, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to come see it and be like, "Hey, Morgan, you know what we need?" <laughs> and she'll go, I will, "No." <laughs> I was. I will say, I was playing Fallout Four, and in the first person, you know, the screen kind of moved, and it was making me dizzy because, like, I think you can turn that off. <laughs> yeah, I so. need to because I started playing. I was like, oh, oh, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." All right. Well, this has been a fun episode yes in the chat uh if you're on if you're on discord uh let us know some topics for next week um it's probably going to be like next week hopefully will be my crazy week moving in so i'm going to be scatterbrained but i'm going to leave all this hey maybe next week will be my turn to to do a guest episode with matthew perfect maybe maybe we'll just we'll we'll matthew will be our uh, wild card he'll be our our second stringer (laughs) that's totally fine well we have All right. Oh, I should put Graham on. Here, say hi. And the dog. Hi. Hi. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Say thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God. Okay, we have to sign off there. That's it.